0: If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live.
1: This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All righty. It's the second hour. We'll be chatting with uh, Connor of Forge and Anvil, which you can find on Rumble, Rumble.com slash, uh, or you just type into the search at Rumble, Forge and anvil we've interviewed some of the same people like Clint Russell who I've had on the program last year and that way I had met in person Uh, also Will Spencer uh, who I've interviewed Uh, he's he's, uh frequently chats with Connor over at Forge and anvil uh you know do feel free to send in uh emails uh, leave comments questions in the chat even uh to call in federal police arrest several members of the Hamas terrorist organization in Berlin Germany the detained are suspected of preparing a weapons depot for potential attacks on Jewish institutions I just can't help think of strategy of tension operation Gladio were there FBI informants working with these Hamas terrorists uh you know we know the strategy is just governments of the world just create terror to take away our freedoms and liberties uh so I don't know maybe this was real and legit maybe you know you had the CIA MI6 German BND, uh you know NATO stay behind networks involved with these Hamas terrorists uh, hey, is the Israeli government has financed Hamas in the past so hey yeah false flag is really the main strategy that they use against us uh interesting piece in Politico Uh, titled will be at each other's throats Fiona Hill on what happens if Putin wins and the key takeaway it's interesting what she states here quote a world in which Putin chalks up a win in Ukraine is one where the US is standing in the world is diminished where Iran and North Korea are emboldened where China dominates the Indo-Pacific where the Middle East becomes more unstable and where nuclear proliferation takes off among allies as well as enemies Ukraine has become a battlefield now for America and America's own future whether we see it or not for our own defensive posture and preparedness for our reputation and our leadership for Putin Ukraine is a proxy war against the United States to remove the United States from the world stage um what everyone thinks of Politico or Fiona Hill I, I think there's truth to this statement that the wars that are the battles that are now raging is precisely for you know who's going to be uh numero uno, uh, and we've also got uh Lukashenko. Uh, Newsweek reports Putin ally sounds alarm on nuclear weapons plunging into chaos. Lukashenko, Belarusian president, uh, issued a warning about global nuclear deterrence efforts. Uh, he basically says, quote no one has yet been able to find even a fragile balance between opposing forces the system of counterbalancing forces based on intercomplementary treaties has been destroyed partic- particularly in the field of nuclear uh, deterrence and so yes we've been shredding the open skies the under Bush the anti-ballistic uh was it a missile treaty uh and you know just all these treaties have been shredded most by the by the United States basically and Russia did so in uh, in reciprocation um Hal Brands also uh, again these are some of the mainstream Washington thinkers but I think you get it you got to be reading everyone Tass and RT and Hal Brands and yada yada he and Bloomberg writes that the West's sanctions on Russia aren't scaring China one bit if the U.S is hoping to deter Xi Jinping from invading Taiwan it had better not count on economic punishments being as effective as military might And i think also there's there's truth to that if china will want to take taiwan i don't think they're gonna r- really be afraid of economic punishments from washington and this was also an interesting statement from the chinese foreign ministry china never recognized India's unilaterally illegally established Ladakh Union territory and India's domestic judicial deliberation cannot change the objective fact that the Western section on China India border belongs to China says Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson Mao Ning in response to a recent Indian top court decision that said the Ladakh Union territory established by the Indian government in 2019 was legal and valid so you got it still problems going on with China and India out there uh, and there's a crazy article from NPR today titled Israel is using an AI system to find targets in Gaza experts say it's just the start it's um blasphemingly called the gospel but what they talk about is basically Skynet becoming self-aware that other countries of the world are gonna are working on similar systems the Russians are doing it the Chinese everyone everyone's going to start using these these systems where which stitch together multiple layers of AI and they excel at finding objects and images while others can sort through things like radio transmissions and so they'll be able to kill us much quicker with AI and algorithms basically Skynet is becoming self aware uh, and like I've been saying all this stuff is going to be used against domestic populations with the world over they're training it on in in the Ukrainian battlefield and in, in Gaza. All of that stuff is going to be used by the world government uh, against us. It's basically the Terminator movies. If you want to know the future, go back and rewatch all five t- Terminator films. Uh, also reported today, a Middle East Monitor, Israel military company purchases robot dogs for use in Gaza war. Each one costs $130,000 uh yeah Black Mirror Skynet becoming self-aware um and that's most of the interesting stuff Pentagon seeks EMP weapon to eliminate drone swarms just don't take out the electric uh grid if you use it uh, at home and Argentina's China bashing new president Millet reaches out to Xi Jinping mm. so it's, it's interesting once all these hard talkers get into power they start getting a bit Soft. Uh, all right, give TNT Radio a follow. We are on all the major social platforms uh, DARPA, LifeLog, Facebook Meta, uh, Twitter X, Instagram Gab, Getter, YouTube Rumble Odyssey. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on TNT Radio.
0: Bringing you a world view. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: A bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers is urging Canada to designate Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps (IRGC) as a terrorist organization. Here with the story, here with the falafel and uh, shawarma,
2: joining me once again, TNT Radio News Producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. Thanks, Sibori. Um, Is how long has this been going on? Where other countries tell? I mean, countries tell other countries what to do. Uh, probably for a while. Uh, so although defense – this is Canada's defense minister, Bill Blair. He said this week that the federal government is, quote-unquote, absolutely committed to keeping people with ties to the group, uh, the Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, out of Canada. All uh, That being said, Ottawa has stopped short of declaring the IRGC a terrorist entity. That reticence has caused Republican Congresswoman in the United States of America, Claudia Tenney, and Democrat Congressman from the United States of America, Jared Moskowitz, to co-author a letter asking nicely the Canadian government to recognize, quote unquote, the threat posed by Iran and to designate the IRGC as a terrorist organization. The letter was co-signed by eight Republicans and four Democrats from the United States of America, telling Canadian politicians how to run their business. Uh, anyway, the December 13th letter uh, to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, that like, yeah, we're just going to send the, the prime minister next door uh, up north. Here you go. Here's a letter. Here's what we think you should do, quote, it is in the spirit of strong and continued cooperation that we ask you to build on Canada's existing designation of the IRGC Quds Force by finally designating the IRGC in its entirety as a terrorist organization. It is vital that Canada recognizes the threat posed by the Islamic Republic of Iran and takes all appropriate steps to address it, end quote. The letter says that the October 7th Hamas terrorist attack against Israel was, quote, made possible by Iran and the IRGC, end quote. The IRGC, quote, is ideologically committed to destroying Israel and undermining U.S.-Canadian security interests, not in their own countries, but in the Middle East, sorry. Quote, in the Middle East and around the world, end quote. Uh, that is according to the letter. Uh, furthermore, quote, the IRG means what it says, and neither engagement nor concessions will change this underlying reality, end quote. Uh-huh. Good one. Uh, Mr. Trudeau, Trudeau uh, for his part, has acknowledged that Iran was involved in the Hamas terrorist attack against Israel, but when pressed by reporters during a press conference last month, he would not commit to labeling the IRGC as terrorists. Mr. Trudeau said, quote, we continue every day to look at more ways to continue to hold this terrible regime to account that has had its first victims, its own citizens, but also is involved in terrorist attacks, including the October 7 terrorist attack against Israel, end quote. He added that Canada would, quote, continue to do everything necessary both to hold that regime to account to limit its impact around the world and to protect Canadians, end quote, which, of course, would make one – wonder, uh, is there anything we can do about him and what he's done? Uh, can we hold his regime to account? Anyway, uh, the federal conservatives under Pierre Polivier, Pol, Pol, I also can't say his name for glory, Pol, Polivier have repeatedly called for the Liberal government to ban the IRGC from Canada, which Mr. Polivier has called the, quote, most sophisticated, well-financed terror group on planet earth end quote because obviously he hasn't heard about America uh but anyways Rory what do you think
1: rubbish I think it's all a rubbish you know as my a recent um guest disabled Marine Corvette Xander Dallariata has been talking about you know where he I we are just waiting for the big one you know the war with Iran that's what they're trying to prepare the groundwork like a farmer who prepares the soil um they're trying to prepare the groundwork for this war that's that they really really want that I hope does not uh come I don't understand this obsession with Iran seriously and and what a joke because you just meant the most sophisticated well-financed terror group on planet Earth that's us that's not them I mean not me personally that's my our our government you know (laughs) that's uh, you know Hillary Clinton said you know without Washington there'd be no al qaeda we we created them in the 80s um the, the biggest terrorism quantifiably is is state terrorism state terrorism is is the problem not non-state actors or or, or non-state terrorism and so as you mentioned you know, ottawa should be designated um you know the canadian government should be designated as a terrorist regime Yeah, you know, how many canadians were fleeing canada during covid 1984 it's as many almost you know palestinians fleeing gaza um past hour I was talking with my guest you know Netanyahu openly supporting Hamas he's he usually he should be classified as a terrorist uh Justin Trudeau um you know half of the people serving in the US the government uh the CIA for supporting ISIS the FBI you know most of the domestic extremism most of the domestic terrorism being carried out is is by the FBI and their informants I was reading today DAA, the DEA was trafficking 40 million worth of uh, cocaine with Colombia over the past five years I mean se- seriously ruckus Where, who are the real uh terrorists but you know at the end of the day I just kind of feel like it's two cartels or mafias fighting each other you know US Canada uh, Iran not a fan of uh, Iran the other day I mentioned how you know they're also deploying the algorithm ghetto technology but uh I think it all just comes down to the Western oligarchy needs to make these countries like Iran compliant, uh, compliant so then they can plug them into their whole Bretton Woods system you know IMF um uh World Bank globalist system and I think that that's just that's the main that's what it all comes down to would your your thoughts
2: Well, I I think we really need to explore this obsession lately um, to to start labeling our um, people we don't agree with, our political enemies, anyone basically uh, uh, that goes against uh, the plan of the current uh, zeitgeist or uh, of the age, the day, the the powers that be, whatever we want to call it. They're just going to label you as a terrorist, right? Why is this lost on people? I mean… Wasn't it not that long ago where suddenly people who voted for Donald Trump and showed up on the, the White House lawn to protest or whatever? Um, they, they're, oh, you're a terrorist. Oh, you you came inside the Capitol building. You're a terrorist. You you said this on I, – I don't know how many times we talk about this kind of stuff. They they label our, here in America our own citizens as terrorists domestically for just the things that we say, think, or do. And it has nothing to do with the fact that anybody is actually – Committing an act of terrorism, you know, we have this idea in our head that's associated with that term of like, oh, somebody's going to get on a plane and kidnap folks, or drive drive it into a building, or bombs. Like, well, okay, if these organizations, for instance, Hamas, how come it it took what they did on October seventh to oh. Yo, hey, you know what? Here's a great idea. Why don't we call them terrorists? It's not like they just arrived on the scene. It's not like they they changed who they are or what they stand for. Why do we have? To, why is it so important and magical to label them as terrorists now? So there's there's this uh, trend I'm seeing or worrying with the terrorist word. Yeah, and you know,
1: honestly, if you think about it, when was the last time you heard of an Iranian terrorist event? I I can't, you know even think of one I can think of many more US government terrorist uh, events like 9 11 all of the domestic uh terror events that we've had you know Michigan recently J6 um the NATO terrorism that was carried out through the Cold War in Europe um you know assassinating the Italian Prime Minister the our American governments and your Brussels basically um seriously and you know the the term really hasn't been used prior to the late 20th century so where was the terrorism previously in, in all of history again I think it's an Orwellian term that's basically it's 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 used to bring about a police state uh terrorism be, be afraid there's the terrorists everywhere anyone who doesn't like what the government does is a terrorist basically that's where we're going we're you know they're we're on the precipice of them um criminalizing thought and speech where if you disagree with the government you are a terrorist extremist so we're almost there ruckus uh all right thanks thanks for all that stay safe ruckus i hope you can sleep soundly uh tonight and not be afraid of iranian check under your bed for an iranian uh (laughs) terrorist uh all right catch up with you soon uh we should be um having uh, Connor joining us uh, right after this.
3: TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border they might be called air marshals but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground maybe they're ground marshals now marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the united states Customs and border protection where are they chris smith on tnt radio when you can point me to an industry to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive.
0: To find out more, go to tntradio.live.
3: The human mind is like a computer. No matter how efficient it may be, its reliability is only as great as the information fed into
0: it that's a campaign promise tell us the truth tell us the truth we mandate that the truth be told you're hearing it.
1: TNT all right joining us on the program is Connor who's host co-host of Forge and Anvil which hammers out uncomfortable conversations about culture and politics to sharpen ourselves for the race set before us you'll find it over at Rumble and YouTube, uh, and uh, the X account is Forge and A. Welcome to TNT, Connor.
4: Awesome. Well, thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on. And I, I found your stuff recently, very much been enjoying it. I saw you had Alex Newman on. Uh, I talked to him on the program last year. Um, you've also talked to Clint Russell, who I had on last year. I met him, uh, I think, two years ago here in Mexico at a libertarian event. And Will Spencer, you've talked to, have who, I ha- who I've had on the program. So we're we're on the same frequency here. Uh, and, and if you could just tell us a bit about uh, the work that you're doing with Forge and Anvil and, and you know, how and why that all came about?
4: Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it really just started from honestly a frustration that I was having personally. I had just uh, relocated across country and I was really struggling to um, find individuals that were willing to have these hard conversations with me. And so I reached out to one of my uh, college roommates, asked him to uh, start a podcast with me and uh, had, multiple friends at first and slowly started reaching out to different guests and started getting some really interesting people we've talked to multiple politicians and in office uh out of office we've talked to commentators and um journalists and anyways it's just been a really really fun uh fun time but really our our goal is ultimately just to have the conversations that uh, especially christian individuals need to be having more often about politics and how it affects us and how ultimately loving your neighbor means caring about politics because politics affects your neighbor. And uh, so we really just don't shy away from uncomfortable conversations. We have people on who are considered controversial, and we have uh, differing opinions on the show, clash a lot. But uh, either way, we do our best to just try to bring a biblical worldview to everything that we do as far as uh, myself, my co-host, Michael, um, and uh, our guests. We just uh, do our best to, uh, to bring that to them as well and to... We really have these uncomfortable conversations that as you said sharpen ourselves for the great right set before us that's our motto
1: and, and and i just love seeing people um more and more people and ent- enter into the arena uh you know i think of that teddy roosevelt quote about being the man in the arena uh and uh, i just love you know see, seeing more and more, more and more people like yourself uh you know joining the discussion and um what are your thoughts on the state of things uh, in America? You know, I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. About, uh, you know, 15 years ago, I just happened to permanently expatriate from the U.S. empire, as I like to call it. But I've kind of got a, piss- a pessimistic view of of where things are, are headed. How do you see, see um, the landscape?
4: Well, I think it depends on uh, your outlook, really. I, I think... Ultimately, um, I'm pessimistic in a lot of ways about the way that uh, politics are going and the way that things are actually operating in in our system. I think a lot of the checks and balances are eroded, which is really unfortunate. And I do think that there's a lot of issues that the culture has obviously uh we're we're really missing a proper fear of god and that really shows up every day but i am also optimistic at the same time because it really does feel like something's been shifting in the last couple of years i really think 2020 woke a lot of normies up i mean i was a normie um right before covid hit and the lockdowns came about and that really woke me up and once it woke me up it woke me up hard and i started doing tons of research, listening to a bunch of different uh, podcasts and commentators every single day, reading tons and tons of different books. And I know I'm not the only one. So, you know, I think that in the short term, we're going to have some serious political issues with the election and 2024 is going to be absolutely nuts. Um, but I think in the long term, I think that there is a, a grassroots movement of people that are waking up and they're, they're hungry and they're asking questions. And a lot of them are coming back to tradition and they're coming back to faith. And I think watching that play out in the next several generations, we could really see a a proper revitalization in the West. And that's what I'm really praying for.
1: Well, I I would hope so. We're going to take a brief pause, uh, Connor, for our headlines. We'll be right back. Now, where trusted newscasters deliver the day's news at the same reliable time.
0: TNT Radio News. That sounds awesome. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill.
4: The U.S. Senate has approved the AUKUS legislation, enabling the sale of at least three Virginia-class submarines to Australia. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia has consented to Special Prosecutor Jack Smith's plea to fast-track former President Donald Trump's appeal in his Washington, D.C. election case, which hinges on the argument of presidential immunity. On Wednesday, demonstrators took to a Los Angeles freeway to call for a ceasefire in the Gaza
0: Strip. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio.
1: We continue our discussion with Connor of Forge and Anvil. Do subscribe to their channels over at Rumble. Uh, on YouTube, on Twitter X, uh, it's a Forge. I mean, if you just search in the name for, Forge and Anvil, should pop up. Um, but the username is Forge and A. And uh, I like one of the questions you asked. I think it was Alex. Yeah, Alex Newman of New American, uh, who is secretly a globalist? Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, and I, I just feel like you know, w- one of my points here as a Christian as well is I don't like to fall into idolatry with any man or, or politician, you know, whether it's some Vladimir Putin or European leader or uh US politician, I think in the end, they all disappoint. And what's needed is more of what you were talking about, just more and more people uh, waking up and doing good work. But what are your thoughts on the uh, landscape when it comes to the elections next year, Trump? Uh, you know, RFK Jr. has been interesting because he seems to have been speaking the most truth when it comes to uh, the deep state. What, what, What's sort of your take here?
4: Yeah, well, you know, I think I've been fairly agnostic in the Republican primary, and I know some people don't like that. Some people want me to be all in for one candidate or another. Uh, I really think that Ron DeSantis has done a lot of great things. Um, but to your point, that interview I had with Alex Newman, I was asking him, and Alex has a unique perspective because uh, Ron DeSantis was his congressman. So he's one of those people that Ron DeSantis was on his radar longer than most of us. And, um, you know, he was disappointed that he chose to run. He really thinks that uh, Ron DeSantis was courted by um, by people like Jeb Bush to, to run. And, of course, Ron would probably uh, not like that characterization. But, but either way, Ron has been the best governor in in recent history, if not uh, if not uh, all of American history, it seems like he actually wins legitimate wins in the culture war. And then, of course, Donald Trump, he was the best president of my lifetime. Unfortunately, that's a low bar. So it's not saying too much, but he did amazing things with his foreign policy and uh, with uh, putting Americans first or at least uh, t- trying to normalize that idea um and for that reason i don't think there's a wrong choice between the two vivek has said a lot of great things but he's untested in terms of uh he hasn't held office we'll see how he does when he's actually met with the deep stake if he was to ever actually uh win the election uh both the the primary and the general uh, and then rfk you know he's saying a lot of great things uh, he'd be a, a better option than what we currently have but uh I don't think I could ever see myself voting for him just for a lot of his other uh, liberal ideas that he has on gun control and the environment and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, uh, we're 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 met with a choice and I don't think there's a wrong decision in the Republican primary, you know. Um, So really, at the end of the day, I think you really just have to pray about it and do your research. And ultimately, uh, the rest is up to God
1: yeah I I would agree I would I think Ron DeSantis should have just stayed a, a, as governor as well uh he was a he's, a he's a good governor I think but um I heard you mention in one of your broadcasts as well you know th- this term now Christian nationalism uh, I also heard you mention Charles Haywood uh I had him on the program a couple months back uh and you know there are differing views I, I also um very much enjoy a lot of the analysis by Michael O'Fallon of sovereign nations but um you know i haven't really delved into the topic what, what are your thoughts on this um i guess it seems to be growing movement of christian nationalism in the united states
4: yeah and you know i've i've met a lot of great people that uh openly call themselves christian nationalists and i've met a lot of great people that are openly against christian nationalism my mindset and the reason why i've mentioned uh, charles haywood before is because i'm really a, of the same mindset of no enemies on the right um, and really, the reality is the left is going to label anyone that is remotely Christian that just cares about politics a Christian nationalist. So to some degree, we have to look at the people of institutional power are going to consider you a Christian nationalist. They're going to consider me a Christian nationalist. Um, and th- there are many people on the right that are currently trying to distance themselves from those that actually call themselves openly Christian or nationalist. And the reality is it doesn't matter. We haven't, uh, we haven't won any significant battle to where the right can – have a civil war. The reality is I think we need unity to actually uh, make some some legitimate changes in our current makeup of the political landscape where we actually defeat the left and we actually gain some significant wins. And then if we want to actually hash it out later and really define these terms and you know uh, have that battle 50, 100 years down the road, like let's do it then. But right now, I just think dividing over it is silly, especially because some of these people are just talking about really esoteric things that, to be honest, the average person doesn't Doesn't even care about. Uh, Right now, we just need to focus in on can we just stop the regime from castrating children? Can we stop the regime from uh, openly targeting Catholics and uh, and other Protestants? And, you know, can we stop the regime from calling parents that go to school board meetings, uh, domestic terrorists? I think we've got bigger fish to fry right now.
1: Yeah. And that last point you made, I was going to ask you about, you know, your thoughts on the culture wars, this wokeism, this cultural Marxism. Uh, they put up a, a literal baphomet, you know, demonic statue in front of the local government. Right. I think it was in Iowa. I'm not sure. Uh, and you know, you're getting teachers fired. I mean, everywhere from Ireland, you you, you got this Christian teacher who's going to be ra- remain in prison over uh, Christmas. He refused to call a boy a girl. Um, I'm, a, I'm still a licensed... Uh, a secondary teacher in illinois and i've read about um uh, you know social science history teachers like myself uh fired for not using the correct pronouns for not bowing down to uh the the, the system um and it's just insane as you mentioned that the fbi is targeting catholics and and, and christians uh I, I just can't believe you know this is not the america that i grew up in it's like i was born in, in the us and then um you know, one day I just woke up in Nazi Germany. Uh, you know, how bad do you think? Are we reaching a peak? Um, do are we going to turn this thing around? You, you, your thoughts on on where we're at?
4: Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I think that I think that if enough time goes by, we could turn things around because I really do think that a lot of great groundwork has been laid the last couple of years. Um, a lot of people who are maybe lukewarm in their faith have really stepped it up and uh, really uh, dove deeper into their relationship with Christ, and that's yielding a lot of great fruit. There's a lot of people that are focusing in on just having large families and just being good husbands and wives and loyal followers of Christ Jesus, and um, then to bring that into the political political sphere after the uh, you know after the uh, personal sphere is already in good shape, you know we we start to see that fruit start to yield in our system, but that's going to take time. So I honestly think right now uh, when it comes to 2024 and just the, the immediate questions that we have in front of us, I'm just of the mindset of we need to, we need to just buy some more time because I really think that America can turn around, but only if we have enough time for the the seeds that have been planted over the last couple of years to start to take fruit in our culture. But that's going to, like I said, it could take decades for that to, that to work out. So.
1: Yeah, I, I sometimes feel we are at a crossroads. I don't have a de- definitive feeling um, of exactly where we're at, but uh, you know, one road could be, as you mentioned, that things turn around. And regardless of what we think um, will be the situation, I think we need to act as if things will turn around, even if they won't. We have to work towards that, exactly. um, even if things are really dire. And, and on that other extreme you know i'm a fan of john macarthur the pastor out in california i don't um uh have all of the same theological views but i think in general he does a lot of good work and he, he you know people like him have said that he thinks god has lifted his hand um of america that we're undergoing the wrath and ire of of god which it might be you know that happened that's happened throughout history i i think. Uh, nations rise and fall empires rise and fall uh and, and it's you know just interesting you got movies now that the trailer just dropped the other day you've probably seen it about uh the, a civil war in america uh this netflix film about <laughs> coming cyber attacks and so any thoughts on you know john macarthur's uh, pronouncement uh as well as it seems like the government uh wants to push us towards a civil war that not enough people are biting into it uh but they keep seemingly wanting to to push us to polarize us to 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 get to that point
4: yeah i think you're absolutely right and i think the important thing is to not take the bait i mean the reality is i think the only way that we're gonna get through this is is like i said generations of faithful living that means faithfully teaching your children to to walk in righteousness and um, you know, teaching your grandchildren the same. We need close families. I honestly think you should move next to family if you can. I think we need to be uh, focusing in on on building close, high-trust societies, um, you know, that that are actually going to, um, honestly, eventually just grow steadily uh, with individuals that we can actually trust nearby us. I mean, as far as the John MacArthur thing goes, you know that's really boils down to his eschatology, and as far as eschatology goes, I'm not really dogmatic on eschatology. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care if you're post mill or pre mill or aw mill. I think at the end of the day, you should live like you're post mill, meaning you you live like you believe that uh, the world's only going to get better, and your children are going to live to thrive in the uh, you know the future America that uh, will be glorious and free. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, if it ends up being that, uh, that these premillennialists are correct and we lose down here, at least you can say that you were, um, you know, constantly standing for righteousness and you were just, uh, doing your part to live a humble and quiet and peaceful life. And that's ultimately what we're called to do. And, um, you know, obviously be involved, but most importantly, be involved locally. It's so easy to get distracted by the national stuff because it's, it's the sexy stuff, right? It's the stuff that actually catches people's attention. But the reality is you should care much more about who your sheriff is, who your mayor is, who your county commissioners are. You should care way more about that stuff. You should spend at least 80% of your energy doing that stuff and maybe another 10 to 20 on state and national issues. So that's really where uh, if everyone can do their part in the local area, we're automatically, just the way our system is set up, we're automatically going to see significant change if you start caring about who actually affects you closest to home first.
1: I, I would fully agree with all of that i had a guest on recently i can't recall who who said exactly that we need to focus on the local um but also a very good point um you know I, at times i um tilt more towards pre-millennial but i try to live as you said as a post-millennial and i think that's how all christians um should live as uh, be as, in, as involved as you can work hard um uh, do good good uh, works but you know i'm the, the, i don't like the bunker mentality uh, um it's just not it's not uh good um we're gonna jump it's, it's time for our break connor uh again feel free for pe- people can leave questions or comments in the chat uh email them to me even call uh a call in uh, forge and anvil the podcast you can find on rumble youtube uh and over at x follow forge and anvil we'll be right back
0: with his expert analysis and opinion.
1: This is TNT Radio's
0: Timothy Shea. Stop letting leftists set the agenda. Stop letting them turn nothing burgers into the most pressing issues of the day. Stop letting them use words like inclusion, equity, fairness, and diversity as cudgels to beat you into submission. Stop bowing, stop scraping, stop bending the knee. And stop giving them what they desire. An abject apology, assuring them that they'll get their way and everything will be fine. Because it won't be fine. That won't be the last complaint. Every time you submit to them, you encourage them. You give them more fuel for their next attack. And it will go on for decades. The Onondaga Nation complained to Syracuse University about the Saltine Warrior mascot in 1978. And here we are, 45 years later, the Onondaga Nation is complaining to Liverpool High School about using Warriors as their athletic mascot. For 45 years it was fine, but now all of a sudden in 2023 it's not. Stop giving in to this culture of destruction. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
3: The next time you think you can illegally handle your mobile phone while driving and get away with it, think again. Phone detection cameras are in operation on New South Wales roads. Hello. So if you're driving and illegally handle your mobile phone, you can stop it or cop it
0: this is the hervoy Moritz show on
1: today's news talk TNT radio it is our final segment here with Connor of Forge and Anvil do uh subscribe check out his uh broadcast over at rumble uh and YouTube Forge and Anvil and uh, Connor you know i to get your thoughts on globalism you know something that I also think about that I study a bit worry a bit about this this push towards world's uh government you know i think in the bible it's implied um that we would move in this direction when it says you know in the book of revelation that you know all all peoples uh, of the world nations and tribes would be put under this the, the control of of some beast and you know we've got the united nations we got the world health organization now working to take control of all nations uh, actually tomorrow i'll be having dr Rima Leibo uh, on to talk about that but uh your thoughts about uh you know the push towards world government and and uh, globalism
4: yeah well the r- reality is it's just our natural human nature i mean you look at uh, the tower of babel in early genesis and uh, from the very beginning mankind wanted to create this uh, sort of one world system. We want to we ultimately be gods unto ourselves. That's ultimately what we want. And so it's not shocking that uh, that, that happens. And the interview I did with Alex Newman, I would encourage people to, to go back and listen to it because I basically traced uh, the entire history of globalism with Alex. And the reality is it's nothing new. There's always been globalists um, from generations back. We're talking all the way from the founding of the country and I'm sure long before then even. Um, of course, we can say that with Roman Empire and things like that. We can point back to those examples, but it's nothing new uh, the reality is um, as Psalm 2 said, you know, the Lord in heaven laughs uh, at that uh, the rulers who try to who try to gather together to throw off the oppressive chains of, of, of their creator, you know, and at the end of the day uh, he will break the teeth of the wicked and at the end of the day he's still on his throne and no one's going to be able to remove him off of his throne. And the universe is not a democracy. It's a monarchy. We have King Jesus on the throne. So we have nothing to worry about. That's why we need to be bold. Of course, uh, you mentioned earlier, the, uh, the, um, demonic statue in the Iowa Capitol, and it was actually torn down just a matter of uh, an hour or two ago, um, by a Christian man. I believe he was retired. Um, military and uh you know um I, I i don't advocate anyone to break the law obviously but at the end of the day um we shouldn't be shocked when we start to see people want to act bold when they're they're flagrantly just waving demonic symbols in front of us that uh insult our god i mean at the end of the day that's where uh you know david came up to, to goliath and he he <laughs> He had righteous anger that Goliath was mocking the God of Israel, and the reality is uh, we should feel that righteous anger. Of course, we should be wise and have discernment about how we channel it. We should make sure that we are working within the law whenever possible, but ultimately, at the end of the day, we we truly follow the God in heaven uh, before anyone else. And that's ultimately, um, you know, we need to fear him more because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom.
1: Well, I guess that's good news. You know, I, I did not know that the bafflement thing was taken down, and and it's just as you say. It's, I, I don't think it's something I would do personally, but if if someone goes out and does it, I'm I, I'm gonna be like, well, that that's that's too bad. But uh, I'd agree with what I agree with you with regarding what you say about world government. Um, in in my earlier years, I was a bit too preoccupied and maybe um fear-mongering myself and others regarding the coming of world government but now i'm just kind of like whatever it's as you say it's nothing new it's been recurring throughout history uh, and it won't last long it'll just be for a short period of time and it'll be like a house of cards uh taken down and um you know my my only worry is if it comes in our lifetime well uh, you know we're gonna have to try and uh, need and need to try and survive it uh you know for the brief moment that that, that it is around uh your uh, your thoughts maybe on the wars that are going on uh you know there's this talk of World War three East East versus West the, the the decline of the American uh Empire what do you make of what's happening uh in in Ukraine and uh, Israel Palestine and you know talk of opening a third front uh with China
4: well, of course, it's ridiculous because we are in no shape to be taking on all these challenges as a as a nation. You know, we need to really uh, we need to get our house together first before we can even hope to, uh, you know, be be uh, moving our our empire's tentacles into other areas across the globe. Um, you know, I'm 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 not a full blown isolationist, but I am a non interventionist. I believe that intervention should be very 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 select, and it should be done under the just war theory. And it should be done uh, by the proper means, meaning we actually have approval from Congress, which we have not done since World War II. So that's a thing, too, of course, uh, looking back on our history um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that we even have to find ourselves in this situation where we're talking about World War three. I had a uh, Davis Younts who was on the podcast with me, and uh, we we talked about just war. And then uh, the entire episode I had with him actually did not get uh, properly recorded. It, and my uh, my system failed me, and so I'm actually having him back on the show Monday night. And uh, coincidentally, he's actually uh, now the uh, lawyer representing the man who just tore down the statue in Iowa. So this is like uh, you know, a God-ordained thing where I'm having him back on the podcast right after this happens to talk both about, uh, about these global conflicts as well as this, uh, this bold man who decided to tear down this uh, demonic symbol in the Iowa state capitol. So um, definitely be sure to check that out if you guys are interested. We do that 8 p.m. Uh, live on YouTube and Rumble and X. And of course, we are on Apple and uh, Spotify and Google Podcasts as well. But uh, uh, you know ultimately, at the end of the day, like I said, tight-knit community around you of people that you can trust. That's really the way to win. Um, you know long term, you're not going to have much effect on what happens in Ukraine. Obviously, vote for people that are maybe uh, non-interventionists as well, but at the end of the day, you just need to focus on the things that you can actually affect. So vote. Obviously, do your part. Don't give up on that. Don't get apathetic, but focus much more on your family first. And then, of course, uh, those in your uh, next immediate circle and focus local as much as possible, both politically and culturally. And, um, and, of course, be praying for our nation. And that's how we're going to see true revival is by people just being faithful every day, waking up and doing the small, normal, boring things that are honestly the most important things that really make the bedrock of our society.
1: Yeah, I've got a weekly Canadian Christian guest, Terry Wolf, who on his Substack said exactly that uh, recently. It's doing the mundane stuff. That's what it's all about. Not this, you know, Hollywood visions that p- p- people have. It's just day in, day in, day out doing the uh, the grind. And, yeah, your show is Monday's uh live 8 p.m central so people can listen to my program and then uh, as soon as I finish hop over uh to yours but uh, do you have any thoughts on you know speaking of Russia Ukraine there there does seem to be a number of American conservatives flirting with uh Russian conservatism uh you know they've just labeled the L- the International LGBT movement as extremist the Russian Supreme Court did um you know and, and any thoughts on american conservatives looking looking eastward towards um the supreme court did um you know and any thoughts on american conservatives looking looking eastward towards um russian conservatism
4: yeah well it really just boils down to we're looking for order <laughs> we're looking for god's created order and the reality is uh the you know the russians pointed out the obvious which is that uh a lot of the lgbtq that that whole lifestyle is is uh uh, completely antithetical to God's good design. And so it's appealing to think, oh, the Russians have it right when they, when they point out the obvious, but the reality is we have to remember it is the obvious. So let's not jump ship and pretend that Russia is now this symbol of peace and uh, <laughs> prosperity in the world. Cause it's not. Um, but at the same time, let's recognize uh, that they're just pointing out the obvious because it is God's natural design. And we need to ultimately align ourselves with that natural design. The more, that you can just ask yourself the question, how was I designed? How, you know, when it, when it comes to things like your health, when it comes to things like your marriage, when it comes to things like your family, you know, I, I wasn't designed to have my children in daycare because ultimately my wife was uh, meant to be their caretaker. And when she's not available, I should be living next to grandparents who also love and know them and can support them. You know, we just need to really lean into God's design. And every time I have chosen to do what is, natural, in the natural order, every time my family has chosen to go that route, we have always reaped immense blessings from it. And so I would honestly highly encourage people just really ask yourself that question every day and take baby steps and just lean in towards that natural design. I'm not talking base desires. I'm talking what the Lord has already ordered and predained and has declared good. And if you need clarification on that, you know, start in Proverbs, start in uh, the Gospel of John and uh, you know, start working your way through the scriptures, and you'll learn a whole lot about uh, what God declares as a good thing, and you'll have a lot of uh, a lot of wisdom that will last you for hopefully generations if you're faithful.
1: We're down to three and a half minutes to midnight, and, you know, I, I'm also curious, um, any other thoughts on re- resisting and, and preparing? Uh, I think what you said is correct. There's some people who are moving to different countries, to Latin America— uh, to the American Redoubt, as James Wesley Rawls calls it. Uh, I had a a pastor from New York on a couple of months back. He wrote a book on great reset uh, Christianity. I'm forgetting his name now, uh, but he. Uh, I asked him, you know, if, if it's the, you know, the the end times, or if we're going into some great reset. Or are you thinking about, about, about bugging out bugging out because you know if you're in the heart of an urban area like new york city where they still have laws now where they can just throw you in concentration camps but and he said no i, I, they're, they're, I i'm gonna stay where i am and i, I think you know he, he's got a point if, if it's the end it's the end what's the point of going anywhere but uh I, I think it does make sense to work wherever we are um any other thoughts along those lines
4: yeah, you know, I, I normally do my show just on Monday nights, but I am actually doing a special uh, episode this Sunday at uh, 5 o'clock Central Time uh, here in the U.S. Uh, with John Moody. And John Moody is no slouch. He's, he's been raided by the government because of he's stood up to um, big food and big agriculture. And, uh, um, you know, he's someone that really does know how to, uh, how to resist in a biblical way and in an effective way. Um, he's friends with Thomas Massey, for those that know Massey, um, you know, and, and uh, they live a very similar lifestyle, just being very, uh, very self-reliant, and not in a way where you don't need people, but in a way where his family, uh, again, in God's perfect order, um, you know, the family is the bedrock of society, his family has set themselves up to be really resilient, so they're, they're apocalypse-proofed. And, uh, that's ultimately going to be what we're going to focus on on Sunday's show. Um, you know, not to just keep plugging my show, but I I say that to say that, uh, um, you know, uh, just the idea that, that you can trust God with what, what is going to come down the pike in terms of, uh, these wicked people that have wicked schemes planned for us. Um, but ultimately if you just do your part to, um, to try to become resilient, you know, grow your own food, you know, try to become financially independent, get out of the cities, honestly, get out of the cities. I think that it's, uh, it's wise to, but to your point, if you, if you are doing God's good work in the cities, don't leave the cities. If you're called to stay there, stay there, because ultimately, uh, you know, God is your boss, <laughs> you know, um, you shouldn't be so worried about saving your own skin that you, uh, neglect that. But, um, but either way, I think that there's a lot that people can do just by, um, taking, responsibility for their own actions and their own lives their own families and that's ultimately what's going to make you apocalypse proof
1: well i look forward to your sunday episode that sounds uh fascinating and uh I, I found the name it was pastor andrew woodard great reset christianity um thank you connor for being uh on with us would love to have you back at some point and uh just got a couple seconds left tell us again where 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 can we find forge and anvil
4: Yeah, well, you can find me, I'm most active on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Forge and A. Uh, And then, of course, you can find us on YouTube, Rumble, and X live Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central U.S. time. And then, of course, uh, we put the podcast version up on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts as well. So if you just type in Forge and Anvil and one of your podcast uh, providers, you should find us.
1: All right, keep up the great work. Thank you.